I really felt like I was on my way to like, I don't know how long I'm going to live like this. I'm just putting weight on. I'm putting these pounds on. I'm putting these stones on. I'm getting bigger and bigger and bigger. How long can I actually survive this? It's inevitable. I'm I'm not going to live a very long life. Losing weight isn't easy. And some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now, your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm your host, Carl, and I hope you're having a fantastic start to the new year. Today, I'm joined by special guest Di, who is from South Wales and has lost an incredible 12 and a half stone on her weight loss journey and is here today to tell me more about how she's done that and how her life has changed as a result. Di, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. And, you know, having discovered your account and how you've lost the weight, it's good to have somebody on the show who isn't from Slimming World or isn't from calorie counting specifically because of the fact that I think the show is it's important to give people that range of opportunity to decide what works for them. And not only that, having looked at the method that you followed, I think it's a very healthy way of losing weight to the point where, you know, I, I, I think it's got all the right components to lose weight in a healthy way. So before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, so I'm I'm 49. I hit the big 5-0 in May, which was um, one of my sort of, I don't know, was, is it a goal? I don't know, I suppose. So to be as as happy, healthy and as fit and strong as I can by by the time I, I reach 50. I'm married, no children, um, but I've got two little doggies, a Springer Spaniel called Riley and a gorgeous little cockapoo who's a pain in the butt, but she's lovely, called Doris. I'm chief executive of a charity called Follow Your Dreams. It's a national charity in England and Wales, which supports children and young people with learning disabilities to do just that, to follow their dreams. And yeah, so um, that's pretty much me and what I'm about at the moment. Thank you. And having spoken to you a little before we hit record today, I know that the, the charity work that you do is absolutely amazing. And you've got a very big event coming up very soon in which a number of children and families will get to spend some time together and relax and enjoy themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's quite weird actually, because six years ago, um, well, there's no, so four years ago, we took about 30 families to Bluestone in West Wales for a week away, just a week away in normality and something nice to do where everybody got each other and, you know, everybody's got kids with learning disabilities and we just all felt happy together two years ago then just as lockdown was starting to release um, we had some of the precautions still in place but um, I managed to get um, fundraising done to take 111 families so we'd increased quite dramatically 
And when I stood on that stage back then two years ago, um, I remember saying, I'm going to come back in two years and make this as big as I possibly can. And this year we're taking over 280 families. So it's going to be absolutely huge. We've got a huge bank of volunteers and people supporting from all over the country that coming along to entertain and everything. But do you know what? what's, What's quite weird was I stood on that stage the heaviest that I've ever been. And I really struggled in that week. And when you see the photographs as well from that week of, you know, times that were brilliant because it was such an amazing week. We'd just come out of lockdown. We were all together. We were happy. We couldn't hug. We weren't allowed to hug still at that stage with with the restrictions that were in place. So we were all wearing badges. But, you know, you felt the love around, you know, you were seeing people off screen for the first time. We, we'd done, I think it was something like over 1,100 Zoom sessions with the children in lockdown. We'd sent out over 20,000 activity packs. And I'm talking like me and a handful of volunteers. Um, so, you know, standing there amongst all this in the proudest time of your life and seeing these amazing photographs with children and everything is so I was happy. I was always smiling, but I was so overweight and everything was such an effort and getting down to the level of a child in a wheelchair was a struggle. You know, squatting down to be in a photograph was a struggle. Jumping up on stage, couldn't do that. You know, walking, couldn't do it without a buggy. Um, you know, it, it, it was impossible. And that that was one of the things that that sort of got me on, on this road. So it's just amazing how everything links together. And and to have people as well on, you know, from the charity that also do this plan now is is just surreal. It's incredible. And I mean, first of all, congratulations for all the work that you do. For, to help these families and children it sounds amazing and to, to go from 30 families originally to 280 plus it's it's breathtaking so i can only imagine as well for you being able to do this very very soon but 12 and a half stone lighter is just going to add even more magic and make it even more special yeah it's, it's madness i mean just like putting photographs on something today you know and just seeing the difference and i you know they they say you're the with the first to notice, and then other people start to notice weight loss. I think you're the last to notice, to be perfectly honest, you know, um, or, or the last to maybe accept the weight loss that you've That's had. It. Yeah, I've had like um, one of the mums messaged me and said, oh, Di, she said, I, I was showing um, Alice a, a photograph of you to remind her, you know, because they are with learning disabilities. It's good to, to show them in advance pictures and they relate mm. to that, if, especially if they're non-communicative or, you know, we use Makaton sign language and stuff for, for the charity. But um, yeah, and she said, I was showing her her photo and everything. She said, and I need a new photo of you because it doesn't even look like you, you know, and it's, it's madness to think that I'm going to be, it's going to be quite an emotional moment to just go back to sort of where all this belong and just think, wow, you know, I, I did what I wanted to achieve for the charity and made that bigger and better, but I made me smaller and better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. So Di, if you don't mind me asking, what led to you being as overweight as you were how long had you struggled with your weight what was it for you that created those problems before you made the decision to lose weight I think it'd been years on years of sort of failing at different things so I tried various different plans and stuff and I'd lose a bit of weight and then something would happen there'd all be always be something 
which just completely ruined it and just made me start sort of, you know, just just piling the weight back on. I think every time you restart, you've just put so much more weight on and you've got that bit older, which I think makes it harder again to to lose weight. It was much, much easier when I was in my my teens and my 20s and stuff. And I, I wish wish I'd stuck to it, you know, back then. But um, yeah, there, there were a couple of different things. I mean, the struggling at Bluestone was one of the things that, that identified with, you know, one of the big things for me was we were at a funeral for a, a family member, uh, a, a, one of my family's family members, and just seeing just seeing how difficult they were, they, they were carrying his coffin um, because he was a big bloke and he died quite young, very young. Of, of you know heart problems quite which were non-apparent and everything and I thought Do you know what I don't want the last image of me which I felt like I really felt like I was on my way to like I don't know how long I'm going to live like this I'm okay. just putting weight on I'm putting these pounds on I'm putting these stones on I'm getting bigger and bigger and bigger how long can I actually survive this I'm, it's inevitable I'm, I'm not going to live a very very long life and I watched his coffin being carried and I thought, you know what, I, you've done all this good in the world. You know, you have helped hundreds, not, not hundreds, thousands of families and that and put them first all the time and given up everything. I gave up three years of my life during COVID just to 24-7 support people. Christmas Day, I was supporting people. New Year's Eve, I was supporting people. You know, I, I've, I've done that. And I didn't want the lasting memories of people of Di or Diana, whoever I'm known as to them, to be the fat one getting carried out in that coffin the way people were struggling just to hold her. That's a, it's a powerful image you've just created there, Di. It was all those images to me. And I just thought, I've got to do something to really stop this. I've got to at least try. And I keep saying to people now, even if I die today, you know, because anything can happen, can't it? I could get knocked down my bus today. I want my my you know my gravestone to say at least she tried and I feel like now I've tried I'm making that effort I've made you know I've changed my life considerably I feel like I've got a life back now I felt like I was just destined for for death wow and and that's quite a scary thought isn't it but the realization of it, I think of it I think is sometimes even worse because we live quite often avoiding it or turning a blind eye to the reality of it Sometimes because we don't feel capable of actually managing it, the truth and yeah. having that honest conversation. Sometimes it could be a situation in which we're almost ignorant to the dangers of being overweight and the damage that we're doing to ourselves. But I think in this situation, you obviously saw almost like into the future, into your own future, albeit, you know, the, your final resting place and, and your funeral and didn't want it to either be happening as soon as that or in the way that it was happening. And I wanted to ask you, as I was listening to you say that, it sounds, you know, it shocked you and scared you into it, but what was it in your case, Di, that, that led you to being overweight, do you think? What is it you struggle with? And the reason I ask this is, and I, I say it with complete respect, but it sounds as though you're someone who has to be very organized in your work life, that you have so many things going on that you are on the ball on top of everything and, and do that. But it sounds as though this area of your life was the one that you couldn't crack until recently yeah I think because I always thought that I had to be helping other people first so I've okay. always been there for everyone else you know um before myself 
and it suddenly twigged to me. Somebody said to me, there were, there, there were a couple of scenarios that people people sort of say to you after you start thinking about these things. But like, you know, like the one where you're on a plane, the plane is going to crash land type of thing. If you don't get the oxygen, you can't help other people. So you've mm. got to put yourself first. You've got to, you know, start taking care of yourself to help others. And I, it did sort of twig to me that, hang on a minute, what happens now if I'm not here? Who's going to look after all these kids? Because during lockdown, no word of a lie, nobody looked after children with learning disabilities. They were honestly cast off in society. You know, day centres were closed down. Schools were obviously closed down. These kids have got no provision whatsoever at home and stuff. And just nobody looked after them. And I thought, well, I got quite quite upset about it, thinking, well, I've got all these people and all these families saying, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is great. What happens if I'm suddenly gone? Who who's going to do that? Who's going to lead my charity to to do that now going on? And it, it really hit me for six that do you know what? It's not selfish at all. I've always thought self care to be incredibly selfish. It's not. You have to put yourself first to be able to, you know, help yourself and then help others. And honestly, I've learned so much now about that. And it's been a hard ride as well. It's that's not it's really not an easy thing because you can upset people along the way as well. You can get people that say, Oh, you know, oh, you're going to the gym again. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, you know, you can't come out for a meal with us and celebrate because you're only eating this or you're only doing that. And I've had to stick firm and say, Well, no, I'm doing this for me. This is what I am now. I've changed my life. This is me. And you've either got to accept me or it's goodbye. And even if that's family members and close friends and people I really love and care for, if they don't understand this is what I have to do for myself, because quite frankly, like I said before, I'm going to be dead if I don't. So mm-hmm. you've got that choice. You either go along with me or, or you don't. And I think with that, Di, it's something that I've learned because I, I last year started being coached as part of my own journey to become a coach. I wanted to start working um, on myself as well. And the one thing I had in my way a lot of the time was fear of judgment, what others might say if I do certain things. And I was given the question that the people I'm trying to help or the people I want to help, if I don't get out of my own way, am I not being selfish by not helping those people who need my help? And I saw it all of a sudden from a a completely different perspective. Instead of me being worried about what someone else might say about something that I want to do to help others, what about the people that need the help? What about the people who I can help? And quite honestly, screw the rest of them. Because if they, yeah. they can't be on side with you and see that you're trying to improve yourself and make your life better. And unfortunately for some people, they see it in conflict with their own beliefs and values, or they feel that you know it's personal against them. And it's really not the case. It's about you on a mission to make yourself better, which has enabled you now to help even more people in the work that Absolutely. you do, which I think is such a great thing. It really is. So, so well done to you for that, Di. I mean it because I think it takes a lot of courage to do that. And mm-hmm. why don't we talk a bit about how you actually lost the weight? I think that'd be a really interesting topic to get into. So do you, would you like to give us an overview of how you decided how you were going to lose weight and the method itself? Yeah. So I tried, honestly, I if there's a plan out there, if there's a diet out there, I've tried it. So Slimming World, I had gone to I don't know. I think probably I've rejoined more than 20 times, probably under more than a dozen, if not a lot more than that consultants in my time. Um, 
I'd done Weight Watchers, I'd done Herbalife, worst thing ever. Honest to God, for me, that it's completely... My mum says the same. <laughs> oh, my word. I, I'd, li- I'd lost weight on Slimming World, joined a gym. Um, this is about 10, 11 years ago, I think it is now. Joined a gym, they signed me up to, to Herbalife. Worst thing ever, because it completely ruined my relationship with food. You cannot drink food for the rest of your life. I'm sorry, anyone that thinks you can drink food for the rest of your life. you When you get to 90, 100 years of age, and you have to then because you can't digest food properly, fine, fair enough. But not at 20, 30, 40, 50 years of age. No. And, and do you know the thing that I remember distinctly when my mum was doing Herbal Life was I just, I knew it was almost time that she was going to have to drink her shake because she'd like go off into the kitchen. You'd hear her mixing it. I remember just be silence for a while. And she had to like almost like psych herself up to drink it. Yeah. Because it's it was gagging. just it, 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 exactly that. And it's it's like quite a large like drinking a pint of the stuff. And it just made her miserable. Yeah, I was actually trying to change because I think there was something like vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate flavor. I think there yep. might have been banana as well. And I was trying to make bacon and egg flavor because my head is saying I want food. I don't want drink. I want food. And then it's just complete. I cannot touch a shake now. It may have changed in, in recent years, but I just remember, I was like, oh, it tastes like cardboard. And, and her just being yeah. absolutely fed up with it. So that's yeah. what didn't work so, for you. So, um, yeah, I've, I've done stuff like that, slim fast, meal replacements, even the cabbage diet. I, I tried that once, you know, <laughs> that is not a, a nice thing at all. But uh, if it was there, I was trying to, doctor recommended me to 5-2 as well, had some good results with that to start. But then uh, emotionally, my, my brain, my headaches, my migraines were just absolutely awful. So had to change that up. Um, and yeah, and I sort of sat on the fence a little while during lockdown, um, where bearing in mind now I'm in this room um, for two and a half, nearly three years of not moving. So I would sit at this screen delivering constant sessions from eight o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, helping children keep active and busy and wait, you know, even things like gym classes and fitness and dance and stuff like that. But I'm sat here. And, you know, I'd reach for, you know, like a pack of biscuits or something and think, oh, I'll have a biscuit. It's snack time now. And then suddenly they're all gone. And it's like, well, where have they gone? The dog must have eaten them because I don't remember eating them, you know. And it's like, well, you know, and that kept happening. So I was having meals and I was having snacks and just munching my way through it and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, just just literally couldn't move. So, yeah, so I sort of followed um, Greg Wallace, um, obviously big TV personality on on his Instagram for a while. And he was talking about a plan that he'd created. And I sat on the fence with this for probably about a year of just like looking and thinking, oh, this looks all right. But, you know, oh, is it another celebrity fad diet? They all jump on it to make some money and stuff, you know. And I, and I just kept thinking, well, it just it sounds all right. It sounds like it's something I would be interested in. And then I thought one day, well, what the hell am I waiting for? It was seven quid a month at the time to join. Seven quid, you know, I pay that for a decent coffee type of thing now, you know. And it's like, come on, Dad, just just do it. So I joined. And again, I sat in the Facebook group for about a month watching what people were eating and doing. And then I thought, yeah, do you know what? I think this is for me. And I just jumped in and thought, that is it. Now I'm committing to this. I like it. I like the sound of it. And I've never looked back. It has absolutely changed my life. So it was a plan called Show Me Fit. Um, but people sort of didn't like that name because um, 
the fitness. People don't like diet associated with the whole fitness world and stuff, even though ultimately that's what the plan has done. It's shown me how to get fit ultimately because I've I've never been healthier and fitter in my life before. But um, yeah, so it, it's changed now to, to a program called Greg Wallace Health. And um, yeah, it's, it's doing really well, but it's, it's completely changed my whole mindset towards food, my whole relationship towards food. So yeah, so it, it's a brilliant plan, which is, is essentially three healthy meals a day, which you cook from scratch. There's no buying in in boxes or anything or freezer meals. It's literally all cooked from scratch, which has absolutely saved a fortune because you're just cooking those three meals. And they're not meals you might think, oh, Greg Wallace, he's on the TV, you know, he's on the all the chefy programs and that. They're going to be really intricate, detailed things that will take you hours to cook. They're not. Most of the recipes have got like six to eight ingredients. They're all stuff that's in your store cupboard anyway. Or you just build up. You build up your spice rack and your herbs. They don't use all the fancy fresh stuff if you don't want to. Use your dried herbs. And, you know, Anna, Greg's wife, shops in Aldi. You know, so nothing is out of range for for anyone. And I've saved an absolute fortune, but it was massive for me because the first thing you learn to do is to stop snacking. Okay, I snacked for like forty nine years of my forty eight years of my life. I've always snacked. I was brainwashed to snack from a child. You know, we we went to primary school and had milk for snacks at ten thirty in the morning, a, a biscuit and stuff like that. You know. My entire day, you know, even some, well, all of the diet plans that I know encourage you to snack. You have your breakfast, you have a mid-morning snack, you have lunch, you have a mid-afternoon snack, you have dinner, you'll have an evening snack. You know, the whole world seems to be focused on snacking right now. So this was massive for me to think, oh, hang on a minute, I've now got to stop snacking. How was that for you, Di, if I can ask? Because I know for a lot of people, snack time, especially in the evenings, watching telly after dinner before bed Mm -hmm. is a key moment and from a psychological standpoint a very very difficult challenge to overcome because it can be out of boredom it can be out of a number of different reasons but a lot of the people I speak to through coaching a lot of the guests I've had on the show it's that moment those moments of snacking where you turn to comfort or it's avoidance whatever it is can be very difficult Mm -hmm. so how did you overcome that? What this plan has done, there's an amazing nutritionist. Her name is Kat. So she approves all the recipes. So even though Greg and Anna are both chefs themselves, they create all the recipes and everything. Kat is a qualified nutritionist who checks them all for balance. So what you suddenly start learning is um, she teaches. We we did a number of sort of live Zooms with her and there's talks on the website, which gets you to understand why you're doing these things. For me, it was a lot about mindset and things. It was a lot about putting mind over matter. It was about listening to my body and just generally asking myself, say it's 10.30 in the morning when I'd been used to having my morning snack, I had to ask myself, are you hungry? Why are you reaching for this snack? Are you actually hungry or is it just your mind saying it's snack time? And the moment you start listening to your body, so we would um, do things like we would work on things like knowing when we were nearly full for a meal, because a lot of what I was doing was overeating. So portion control and stuff like that. So you get to know where um, it, it, it sort of trains you, if you like, to understand 
when I'm full or nearly full. You don't want to be completely full. You need to be nearly full because the balance of the meals, the protein and everything are going to take you along to your next meal anyway. You're going to get that bit fuller by your next meal. You don't need that snack in between then if you've got that right. And it can take some time. It probably took me, I want to say three weeks before I broke the snacking habit. And it is habit. But what I say to people is stop focusing on bad habits and focus on new habits because it's about making those new habits. It's about me not saying about how I'm going to stop snacking. It's about me saying how I'm going to have three good healthy meals a day that are going to fill me. Hitting the nail on the head because we we live in the past. We live in the things we can't do. We live in the, the struggles that we have as opposed to focusing on what we may be able to do or what we can do. And it's so important. And this is something I teach as well with my coaching clients because it's it's key. First of all, bring awareness to the bad habits that you have because without that awareness, you can't make a change to them. And then as soon as you've brought awareness to those habits, start understanding the cues and the cravings that you have. But instead of them following through on the normal habit loop that you have by taking action and, and eating something, you kind of interrupt, it's a pattern interrupt, and then you kind of replace it over time. And three weeks to stop snacking, I think, is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it must have had such a big impact on your weight loss journey just by cutting out the snacks. Yeah, it's huge. And I mean, you then start looking at what you're saving financially because these snacks are, are quite expensive. You know, I could go into a pound shop and spend 40, 50 pounds on, on rubbish, you know. Then you start looking at this world that we live in now of super processed foods. Mm. And thinking, I don't want to be eating that. And then it, it, then you start also listening to the the evidence that's out there. Like, you know, people will say to me now, well, it's good to snack on an apple. No, it's not good to snack on an apple because all that's going to do is spike your blood sugar level. And you're going to probably want something more and something more. And that might get you back into wanting that chocolate biscuit. You are much better filling up on that meal. It was also thinking of things that I could do with my hands rather than eat. Mm -hmm. So things like knitting. I knitted a scarf. Oh, my God, this scarf took me like two years to knit. But I, I finally did it. And focusing on the meals as well, not having them in front of the television and stuff. So having your meal at the table and properly enjoying it and properly enjoying each mouth full because that can help you then recognize oh I'm, I'm nearly full now I'm, I'm done thank you and also there's a huge psychological thing I think as well um, probably growing up in the sort of 70s and 80s where you were brought up to finish your plate this was a thing that you had to do um, or you'd either get fed if I'm not saying my parents my parents were the best parents in the world trust me but you know you might be fed if, you would have the fear of being fed this for breakfast the following morning if you didn't eat and clear your plate mm -hmm. so there's always been that in me I guess that you know that it felt like etiquette to do that even like you know you see in restaurants and stuff you think oh I don't want to leave that because I'm going to upset the chef and it just literally happened to me yesterday we went out for a meal and it was a big steak. My wife couldn't eat all of it. And I said, like, well, don't waste it. I wasn't hungry. I was full. I didn't want to waste it because we'd paid for it. And you obviously, it's that moment, the awkward moment where the waiter comes over and said, oh, have you finished? And they're kind of like, well, yeah, yeah I've finished, but you've still got a load of food on your plate. Like, oh, was there something? No, nothing's wrong. I'm just full. But it's that kind yeah. of expectation and, and people pleasing that we try and do. And yeah. it leads to so much, yeah. you know, so many problems we can face. So, yeah. So basically, let me just summarize then, dive with the plan. So, as you've explained it so far, the key things three healthy, freshly prepared meals a day. Yeah. Working on mindset and you yeah. know, the reasons why you do things. And then you have access within the, the group, I guess, if you sign up as a member. 
to a community where you can support each other and help each other. Is that right? Yeah, there's a there's a truly fabulous um, Facebook community group, which it, it, there's someone there all of the time because there are members from around the world and stuff. And um, there's someone there for you all the time. I mean, I'm obviously one of the key members now that, that supports others. And I have met people message me through Instagram and saying they've been inspired and, and just, you know, need that little bit of help. Some people can just get on it and do it straight away. Other people will need a little bit of support. Um, I now do group coaching as well through it just because there are I knew there were an element of people that did want a bit more support they needed accountability and stuff and like you said about being coached I get coached now by a coach I've got my mentor Greg and I've got a coach to coach me so it's like you know everybody needs a little bit I think of accountability to if you can't be accountable to yourself it's it's good to be you know accountable to others and just to understand that whole process and stuff but yeah fabulous community the information is insane you know it's it's stuff that I never knew about. Nobody mentioned to me ever in my life about menopause. I wouldn't have had a clue really now, you know, that I should be preparing for it. And that and this plan introduced me to what I should be doing and the way I should be eating to to get me through this big time of my life that's got, you know, that's coming up. It's huge. Nobody prepares you for that. It's like a taboo subject still, you yeah, know? And it's such a shame as well, because I think for, for so many women, it, it, if there's no preparation and if there are things you can do to to lessen the impacts because of the amount of hormonal changes your body will go through, the emotional changes, you know, just, just dealing with the fact that you're reaching a different stage in your life. I think by not helping people prepare for that, it can come as more of a surprise and a shock and make it harder to deal with. And if managing your weight or being an emotional eater is something that you've struggled with anyway this is almost like the perfect storm for it to get worse absolutely and do you know what really frustrates and annoys me is that nobody in the medical profession ever tells you to lose weight they won't tell you they can tell you to give up smoking because that can kill you they can tell you to give up drinking because that can ultimately kill you. And, you know, food can ultimately kill you if you do it bad, but they cannot tell you to give up food. And I've been told this by a number of very senior um, medical people. And I said, well, surely if somebody had just told me, you know, I had um, plantar fasciitis for, for a few years. I was under a consultant. If somebody had told me that losing weight would have stopped that and it was debilitating I, I couldn't move for days as soon as a, an attack happened it was in both feet I could not walk for two days solid and I would be in so much pain I'd be crying myself to sleep trying to get out of this pain if somebody had said to me die lose a few stones it, there's a possibility it's not always some people are very sporty and athletic and still get it but you know there's a chance die if you do lose some weight it, it could make it better for you I would have done it. Hmm. Would have given it a try. Nobody did. And now I'm recovered. I have not had a single episode of that since I started this journey. And that's fantastic. And I, I don't want my next question to come across as confrontational. I think anyone who's a regular listener of a podcast, you'll know that I'm not like that at all. Why do you think if you were as overweight as you were and you were having health problems, why do you think you necessarily needed somebody else to say to you, you need to lose a few stone? Did you not connect it? No. I didn't connect it with myself at all. Half the time you don't see it. Half the time you don't see the fact that you're you're destroying your life. You look in the mirror and you just see, I'm just seeing me. I'm not seeing this big person. And I think probably because of the nature of the work I do, you know, the children I work with, they don't see big die, small die. They just see me as a person. I'm always a lovable, likable, kind person. And 
does it really matter what size I am? I, I don't know. I think I needed somebody to turn around and say to me, come on, lose some weight. The reason I ask you that, and thanks for the answer there, because for a lot of people, I think when they look in the mirror, they absolutely hate what they see and yeah. see all of the downsides. But then, as I mentioned earlier, the the difficulty of tackling that just feels like too big of an objective to be able to do and so instead of actually I giggled because our nutritionist cat um came onto one of our, our zooms before and she said right what I want you to do is sort of strip completely naked and lucky yourself in the, in the mirror it's like what mm, not doing that you know it's like no come on and I want you to feel those lumps and bumps because they're a part of you now this is what what you are you know this is who you are and I want you to feel those shoulders I think do you know what? Those hack squats I'm doing, they're making these happen and that sort of thing and start really appreciating that. And oh, look, my tummy's going down because I'm eating really well. And, you know, start listening and respecting what you've got a little bit and looking in that mirror and just seeing, yeah, this is the body I've got right now. And I'm all right with that. You know, I, I'm making those changes. And I think at any level, you know, it's important to do that because bringing awareness to it. But as I was saying, for people, who currently struggle or it's causing a depression through their size, the way they feel, the impact it has on their day-to-day life, relationships. Mm-hmm. It can be just too overwhelming. But what happens, you see, I mean, I went through a, a quite a bad period of, of severe depression and anxiety. I was on very, very strong medication. I, I'd, I'd lost um, quite a lot of weight and had some issues and stuff ongoing. And then suddenly my dad got very, very poorly, very quickly. And he'd always been quite a healthy person. He had high blood pressure, but he was ex-military, always on the go, always doing something, you know, never really been ill at all. And suddenly got taken very poorly. And um, I spent, um, it's coming up to eight years now, next week, um, I spent two weeks on intensive care. I didn't move basically from his bedside. And in the end, he he, he did pass away. And then I went down on, on quite a big spiral of of depression and, and anxiety together. And they, they put me on these medications and stuff. And do you know what, then part of those, and I, I've realized recently with this, because I'm not a nervous person. I don't get nerves. I don't get excited anymore because a lot of those medications have actually stripped that from me. I don't get those feelings, even though, you know, I should be a bit nervous doing this for you today. I'm not. Very, very difficult moments to go through and and glad that, you know, despite all of that, I've obviously been on such an amazing journey. So I think to to start wrapping up, what I'd like to ask, I think three questions I've got for you left. First of all, what advice would you give to anybody who is starting the new year, wants to make changes, has maybe failed their weight loss attempts countless times in the past, tried every diet like you mentioned you had as well? What advice would you give to somebody in terms of, of making that difference and losing the weight that they want to? For me, and it might sound quite harsh, is stop making excuses. Just absolutely stop making excuses. Because if you say, you know, I had people about a week ago saying, oh, I need to do something about it. I'm going to do it in the new year. Why are you waiting till the new year for? Do it today. If you are going to change your life for the better, you've got to do it today. And I just think that is just, if, if you jump on it, honestly, the, this day could be all the difference to you because you're going to feel so much better tomorrow. This plan, Greg Wallace Health has just taught me that it's not all about the scales. It's not about chasing that next goal, that next stone, that next stone figure on there. This is instantly feeling happier, healthier, 
I'm better in myself because of the foods that I'm eating. You know, I had a massive Pepsi Max addiction. I was drinking two litres of the stuff every single day, every day, 14 quid, 15 quid a week on, on Pepsi Max. I was addicted to it. I didn't know the side effects, the negative things about, you know, diet drinks, carbonated drink. I don't drink any of that no more. I drink water. Sometimes I have squash, sometimes I have herbal teas and stuff completely and utterly life-changing i went to the dentist recently she said die your teeth are so strong i can see the difference teeth you know you don't even think teeth being a consequence of of good health and stuff you know and that's been really good so i think social media have made things worse i mean i'm constantly told off by things like instagram for raising expectations and of weight loss and i'll get the odd message from them to say you can't say that you can't do that i'm like hang on a minute, I've lost this weight. I have done it. I'm proof. These are my photos. They're nobody else's. This is me. I'm showing you that I have done it, you know, but, but I am fully aware that the media and stuff have exploited some people. I, I, I'm my friend's weight loss photos landed up on some diet pill brand, yeah, you know, this so is happening you a lot. have got to be a little bit careful, but I'm me. And I have done it with this plan and I can I can show you, you know, sort of how to do it successfully and stuff. And something I've learned, I mean, I, I sort of plateaued when I got to about eight stone and I needed to really sort of change things up a little bit. And I, I sort of got thinking then about being a little bit more calorie aware and needed to just change things completely. I'd, I'd been doing um, three months of what they call it. It's like a hit sort of fitness, mm-hmm. you know, CrossFit. And then I was told by our nutritionist, I approaching 50 is not the best type of exercise for you. You need to be lifting. You need to be strength training. I said, what? I'm not doing that. I'm nearly 50 years of age. No, 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 that's not going to happen. I said, okay, maybe you've got to start listening to people that know a bit about what they're talking about, you know, rather than just have this sort of, no, no, can't do that. And I remember joining um, the gym and I joined up and, oh, my God, I was petrified to walk through those doors. Absolutely. The number of times I turned up there and I thought, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. Just drove away. And that was probably six months of doing that. I then found a personal trainer and um, I remember turning up to my first session with him. And I thought, oh, my God, he's just out of school. He's he's very young. You know, he's young enough to be my grandson type of thing. (laughs) What we're doing, this is just madness now. But do you know what? I quickly, really quickly learned that he knew so much about this, so much about exercise and fitness and nutrition and linking that in and strength training and mindset and confidence building and stuff. And the things this guy gets me doing, I honestly, I, I just don't know how I do it. Honestly, it's just, it's it's surreal. He's um, he's just brought me on so, so well. And he's taught me as well about things like, I've always thought you needed to be motivated to lose weight, motivated to go to the gym each day, motivated to do your steps each day. And he said, nothing to do with motivation. It's discipline. Correct. I and agree. as soon as you change your mindset to like, it's not about wanting to do this. It's about, I I, I remember messaging him one night. His, his name's Christian, Christian Cox. He's at a PT at my local gym. And um, I remember messaging him and I said, oh, Chris, I've had the most awful day. I haven't stopped working all day. This is nine o'clock at night. And I'm, I'm messaging him, uh, you know, this poor guy. And it's like, what do I do? I, I just don't think I'm going to do my 10,000 steps today. I said, I don't suppose that's okay, is it? And he said, no, get on and do them. And it's like, whoa, this is like a whole new attitude to me of like complete and utter change. 
And suddenly it started kicking in a little bit that you've just got to get on and do it. If you want to change your life, you've just got to get on and do it. And I've adapted that to, to most things. I mean, I'm lifting weights like deadlifts at 107.5 kilograms at Good 49 years of age. You know? Die, amazing. So, honestly, do you know when you, you, you probably would never feel this, but um, most women I think would get this, especially overweight women would feel it. And I'm still, you know, a big girl in the gym. I'm not, a, you know, when you see some of them in there and I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest still in the gym and you feel like everyone's looking at you like, oh my God, look at her, you know, in the gym, look at her, you know. And he says to me, Di, he said, they're not looking at you like that. They are looking at you like, look how blooming strong she is lifting that, you know. And I've had guys now come up and say, wow, you know, you are lifting strong. You know, I did a leg press last week, 230 kilogram of plates on a, a machine that always weighs 70 something kilograms, 300 kilogram leg press at 49. That's incredible, like, Di, wow. Amazing. It's life changing. It, and it, all this is doing is getting me stronger and better and my bones are getting stronger and my body is getting stronger. And I just feel like super energized now. It sounds like you've got that sorted in terms of a mindset, but I know for a fact, so many of my listeners do struggle with that and, and building that resilience and strength. And especially at the beginning, and especially if you've had years of struggling and finding it difficult, but it sounds as though your journey, you know, you, you've cracked it. You have managed to turn that corner and turn that page to a life that is much better you seem to have like a, a very very strong mindset which is fantastic and the, the work you're doing in the gym amazing some of the thing as well that I was taught with this and I picked up on quite quickly was my meals now are non-negotiable so breakfast lunch and dinner are planned a week in advance okay. and they're shopped for the food is here so therefore now I, I was having say to sometimes three takeaways a week because it was easy. I'd done a day's work. Oh, I can type in an app and my food will come in an hour. I can cook quicker than that and I can cook way cheaper than that myself. Why would I do that? Of course. And the other thing I've done is made my gym sessions absolutely non-negotiable. They're like hospital appointments. So nobody is allowed to book stuff in my diary, you know, when there's a gym session in. It's one a day, one hour, that's it. And like I said, you know, at the start about I had to rethink my whole life about putting myself first. I'm putting myself first for that one hour a day plus my meals. You are welcome to any other day time after that you can have. But these are my time that I need for me and for you. Good for you. Do you see what I mean? Good for you. It's so important. And it's really inspiring hearing you talk like that, mm. Di. It really is. And we are running out of time, unfortunately. But I'd love to know, first of all, I said I had three questions. That was one of them, your advice. Mm -hmm. The second thing was if people are interested in the Greg Wallace plan or to learn a bit more, because obviously you're a very strong advocate of that. You've lost 12 and a half stone following it. And it sounds as though it is a very sensible and healthy approach to managing the way you eat and to losing weight. So if people would like more information about that, what would you suggest? So there's a, a website, um, gregwallace.health, that, that all the information is on there. There are um, sample recipes that you can try and give a go. Look at my Instagram. I post every meal. So my my Instagram, it's only it was only ever intended to be a diary for me of a quick way of making me accountable and posting everything that I ate. And suddenly, you know, you gain lots of followers because of that. It's never been about the followers as much to me as the support and, and my accountability. So have a look and just see these meals look 
they're, they're good meals. Then I've never felt, if, you know, like I'm dieting. I don't feel deprived. I feel like I'm eating something new and something good and something different every single day of the week. And it, it's I'm eating the, the best possible stuff. So have a look there. Greg does a, a live on Instagram every um, weekday morning at seven o'clock. And he is such an inspiration. Honestly, he he's mentored me through this. I mean, he's become a good friend. Um, I trust him, you know, implicitly. And he, he's, he's saved my life. And, you know, just to wake up in the morning, I mean, it's weird now because half the time I'm in the gym doing my steps and getting those in while I'm watching his live thing. And it's like, I used to be in bed listening. That's how much I've changed now because of this, you know? Incredible. So it shows what you can do to change your life. But just having that morning bit of inspiration and someone just saying to you, come on, guys, let's get up, let's do this, you know, and he'll give some different tips and advice and stuff from his journey or, you know, different words of wisdom and stuff. And that that can be really good as well but yeah just start by there and just just dip your toes in and ha- have a little look but honestly I can promise you it, c- it could change your life forever like, as it's done mine and I think as well with that I, I've, I follow and have followed Greg for a long time on Instagram and do check some of his lives that he does and he's such a, a well-known person and I think a lot of people love watching him on TV and as I said to you before the amount of people who knew that I was traveling to Lapland in December he he did a show him visiting Lapland. So many people went, oh, you've got to see the Greg Wallace show. We've just watched Greg Wallace. It was absolutely amazing. So I, I think that's a really good place to start. Like you said, if you don't visit his website, have a look at him on Instagram and just start to see a bit more yeah. what he's talking about if it's something that interests you. And then the third thing, which you actually linked very nicely to there, Di, was your own Instagram account and how people mm-hmm. can find out more about the food you eat and how you actually approach your plan. Um, so what is, your, what is your Instagram handle there that people can find? So I am what underscore die underscore eats. Come and find me, come and chat with me because, um, you know, I, I, I am there. I literally talk to so many different people. Diet, it's been amazing speaking to you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy Thanks. schedule to come and speak to me and share your journey. And thank you for being our latest weight loss warrior. Thank you. It's been great to have you on the show. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram, where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.